This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants IT, specializing in the accounting industry. With us today, Vangelis Kiraziz, who is the co-founder of the reporting app, Sift Analytics. And we're going to go in a bunch of different directions today, hitting on things like advisory services, reporting, data insights. That's at least the what we start off saying we're going to talk about. I'm sure we'll end up talking about like climate change or something crazy like that as, as we <laughs> tend to drift off course. But how are you doing? Awesome. Great to be on. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Uh, looking forward to today. So yeah, excited for the chat and, and glad to be here. Yeah. So give us a little background. Like how did, how did SIFT Analytics sort of come to be? Awesome. So actually, um, built from an accounting practice, um, I myself am an accountant, uh, did, did sort of the corporate roots as in the early stages of my career, always wanted to start my own business. So when I left the, the sort of corporate tracks, started an accounting firm uh, down in South Africa, actually, Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, started an accounting practice. And we, we had a client book many small businesses. We were looking to provide them with typical services, payrolls, bookkeeping, tax. Uh, and off the back of that, and, and I guess thinking back to some of my corporate experience, saw that in big corporates, you typically get really great reports and insights for each division. Managers always have a deliverable every month on, on their division's performance. And small businesses don't tend to get that. They might get a PL and a balance sheet, but a business owner doesn't give them too much insight and it doesn't help them understand their business. So thought let's get, uh, start getting that data to Excel, building up some graphs and reports, and then eventually thought we could actually do this uh, in a much more automated way via software. And that's when Sift Analytics was born. Let's utilize APIs in, in QuickBooks Online and other software, and let's automate this accounting data to, to insight process. And so essentially you're taking that raw data that, you know, you could regurgitate to the client. Here's your PNL compliance work. Here's the balance sheet, you know, have a nice day, make a decision based off of that. Like my job is done here. Like, you know, you needed me to put the things in the right categories and I did that. So, and you know, that's how, that's how we fall into being in a commoditized industry where people are a lot more price conscious, a lot less driven off the value that you can derive. So what are some of the the insights that people can be taking from this raw data? Like what are some of the, the things that you guys help showcase and and bring to the forefront for the clients? 
I think, uh, yeah, good points on that. You know, as again, you could just go with the PL and balance sheet, but that doesn't give the, the business owner much sort of understanding on their business. There's so much more information in the customer and product information that, that might be sitting in the accounting software as well. If you think of a PL, you might have a, a sales line, but what makes that up? It's the products we're selling and the customers we're selling those to. What's my sort of concentration risk across customers? Which products are moving? Who owes me money? And then taking that, that's typically sometimes presented in a tabular format and moving more visual. So a graph will give you a sense of, of seasonality and trend, you know, the ability to sort of forecast things forward and, and see where your business is going. Uh, and then we also tie in uh, things like automated commentary on those graphs and, and analytics. So taking that data and really turning it into words that are easier to understand and read for, for a business owner that's not an accountant or bookkeeper. And being able to take that data and start making smart business decisions on it, just something you know that we see on our side, part of our standard security stack, a lot of what we're doing is basing off the IRS wants to see this and we do that. And one of the things that we had included in the stack that was just sort of an afterthought value add. We we had an agreement with an organization, um, unlimited CPE through this portal, blah, blah, blah. Like we got we got good pricing for what the value was, but what ended up happening when we started looking at the actual data, you know, the the hypothesis, right? We go to the scientific method and it's like hypothesis is adding all of this value will increase the amount that we're getting from the clients, the amount of value that we're providing and thus increase profitability. But since it wasn't exactly in alignment, or at least this is the conclusion that we came to was it's not exactly in alignment with cybersecurity. It's like, Hey, you're an accountant. You need this. So here you go too. And you know, people aren't coming to us for that specific thing. And then when we looked at the actual numbers, so sales per client was not increasing, profit was decreasing, and it ended up being one of our biggest expenses month over month. And it was like, it was like, this is a cool thing to have, but from a business perspective, it's literally the most expensive piece of what we're offering. And it's not bringing, it's not bringing additional revenue value into what we're actually offering then flip side we have yes. a, a we have basically the here's the compliance security that you need if you would like a more advanced option we do have this available as well and i think because that's in alignment with what we're yeah. already doing it's it's not that the people didn't need that additional offering but it didn't really make sense and so when we position it as here's what you could have, or here's an even better version. You get this, that, and the other. We noticed revenues going up, profit was going up. The cost of it was pretty much in line with everything else that we were doing. But you know, coming back around to, we had to take the raw data from the PNL and make a business decision based off of that. Now we have it built yes. into our monthly um it's an automated day every month. It's the first Tuesday of the month is finance day. Yeah. And we dig okay. in poke holes and that's just part of what we do. 
as a company. So anyway, coming back How around. How do you do it? Do you export that data sort of uh, into Excel? Do you work with it? Do you use any tools to analyze it? What's, what's sort of your, the, your process the proce- there? The process there, it's essentially we look at a three-month side-by-side of here's the costs. Okay, here's our sales. You know, just a standard month-to-month looking at any trends nice. or any anomalies. And we're looking at the P&L of seeing what are the costs that we're incorporating, especially when we're taking on something new that we're adding to the stack. Like we added a new referral program that costs money. What's the ROI look like on that? We added an advanced security, you know, that's more money. What's the ROI look on that? So really poking holes into the, here's the last couple months, here's what we were doing, here are the results that we're getting. You know, We can dig in granular, new customers that we got, profitability on each customer, and nice. really digging into that. I have a background in finance, so okay. and our, our VP has a background in accounting. So like putting our heads together, we're a fairly smart, I mean, I'm sure you know, we get consultants that that grill into us, our own accountant who super grills into us. So that's, that's, that's what we're seeing on our side. So I'm sorry for just hogging it. I get stoked that we do no, this no. because we didn't used to do yeah, it. Yeah. And then it was, it was just like, it's like, how's this new initiative doing? It's like, I feel good about it, which is how a lot of business owners, you know, I yes. feel like it's yeah, good. Yeah. And, and it helps you know, to, but it does require like a lot of segmentation, you know, recording things correctly, ensuring that you've got the details. So I guess the process kind of starts at, at like the core of if you are going to do something, make sure it's measurable. So down the line, you can see, was it worthwhile? Did this yeah. Maybe there's qualitative stuff where sure. it's back to your CPE example. It was uh, nice to have, but you're right. When you actually dug into the numbers, it actually didn't make sense to to bundle it uh, and give it away right. like that. And and it's not to say like what were we thinking? This is this is so crazy. But like you said, the qualitative and people, you know, they were really excited about it. We got a ton of calls about it in December. I think we offered it in like March and got a ton okay. of calls in December. Remembering, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that. It was, we were just throwing it away. But when we dug into, you know, we're cutting profitability by like 20% for a nice to have, maybe there's a different value add. But so the the qualitative is a a good. And so if someone's using SIFT, is that going to pull out any qualitative data or is it more just the, here is the black and white because that's what, you know, AI is pulling from the numbers. I think we'll make uh, the the quantitative side really, really quick. So you've still got the ability to complement that with with other things. So I guess in if we think of a typical business, you know, accounting can sometimes be at the core, but there's so many other systems that are operational where you kind of need to complement that accounting data with perhaps you've got a CRM system around like bookings and meetings and stages in a pipe where different customers are. Perhaps you have a payment system and and sort of other systems working. So 
I think will be a lot of great analytics really, really quickly for you on the accounting data. But I still think there's opportunity to, to complement uh, the accounting data with other forms of data in, in your business so that you can see like bookings divided by spend and, and things like that that are more forward looking. So uh, we try to make most of that process uh, really, really quickly. Uh, well, really, really like instant and automated for you. But I think it's still up to you to, to perhaps uh, make some connections on on what what do we want to see what's an important metric for our business if, if we're in this industry so um yeah but we'll make that process like seamless uh but still up to the user to add a bit of color to it as well yeah and being able to identify that color so i know visualization is a big part of this as well and sometimes yes. the numbers can be telling you something and it could be jumping out at you but without actually having a visualization to be able to pull it in, it's difficult to just know what you're looking for. And in our example, we knew what we were looking for at a very, very granular level. So it, it wasn't a, hey, did you notice this? It was make sure that we notice this coming into it. But with things like visualization, how's that going to sort of change yeah. the the conversation if you're not exactly looking for something in particular? I think it's uh, looking, it definitely changes. It's even a very experienced accountants looking at, at a graph versus a very tabular profit and loss over 12 months that's got tons of rows and tons of columns. It really changes the game. You know, you instantly spot things that are up and down, it's it's much easier to see that trend and, and areas where you've perhaps sort of like dropped the ball, especially when you can create those very quickly, you know, the ability to have that on different data sets to pivot different data points into it, I think is, is important because going to Excel, I guess, is like the foundation, maximum customization. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, there's always times when, when that takes too long and you can't do that every month for every client as, as an accountant, for example. And one of the things that, that we started doing, and I guess this year we'll see how it pans out, but I was noticing every year we would run into something like, okay, it's 4th of July. Are we busy on this holiday yes. or are we dead on this holiday? Even though this is the ninth one we've gone through, and what what usually happens on this day and you know you can use things like data visualization depending on what metric you're looking at so for us how busy we are we're going to be looking at sales we're going to be looking at the number of tickets phone calls that come in things like that and yes. we can notice you know the anomalies that happen where there's giant spikes so like a black friday cyber monday gigantic spikes happen on those days and then Flip side, a Memorial Day when majority of our clients aren't working, but for us, it's sort of like it's tech. Like, you know, it, yes, we're we're either working or not working, or but we can actually make business decisions, noticing these anomalies. And I've what I've started yeah. doing is taking that data and just writing. I just have a tab on our KPI sheet, just called yearly notes. <laughs> I straight like <laughs> Memorial Day. Tickets are down 30%. So we would, in theory, only need 30% of the staff on that day. But, you yeah. know, if, if I'm just looking at what happened on this random date and not able to yeah. 
you know, playing thing too. It's like, oh, we just had a slow day on that day. Yes. You or just do you need to add that extra info to or just make, not, uh, make relevance. Yeah. And having the relevance and being able to see the relevance as well. And I think the visualization plays a big role in that where, again, it's not, you know, in my examples, we were specifically looking for these things because we had been hit with it so many times, but it also probably would have helped year one where yes. we have no idea what's going on or year two or three, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe take not- a while to build up the data sets, you know, to, to be able to make these informed decisions like a brand new business is sometimes too early to, to sort of see any correlations and, and get too much out of it. So I guess there's also a factor of, of more time and the, the bigger the business, Sandra, I think uh, running a larger business with sort of thousands of customers and, and things like that, the data starts to play. It's, it's important when you do have spikes and dips because it causes huge problems or outages, for example, if a website goes down over certain periods. So I think, uh, yeah, it, it, it is important the bigger the business gets to, to start to look at these because it can improve your decision-making. And so when the accountant is taking this information and bringing sort of the not necessarily here's the compliance, go figure it out yourself, but here are the numbers and here are some of the things that you can pull from these numbers. And you guys are sort of giving kind of like the cheat sheet of here are conclusions that you can make that you can bring to your client, which then moves you towards advisory services. And so give me a little, yeah, your thoughts on the advisory service versus just strictly compliance. Perfect. And I think um, the one leads to the other, to be honest. I think uh, if, if we can do the compliance work and we can get it done, it's really nice to provide a client with a report sort of evidencing that. Maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's monthly, maybe it's quite basic. It gives them a high-level overview of their business, some key metrics, KPIs, things along those lines. But it's a trigger. You know, It starts the conversation because some, some clients are going to be like, wow, this is super insightful. Uh, I needed this information. Can we do this more often? Can we do this with a, a sort of board meeting and, and sort of an hourly presentation? Can we go deeper? So we can give you something that's like very basic, that's instant to produce. Uh, and we can go even more detailed that's instant, instant to produce. But providing it to, it to clients kind of gets them sort of prepared from the compliance side to start moving upstream to, towards advisory. So I think they go hand in hand. The compliance work needs to be done needs to be done right. Um, and then it's kind of leads towards that advisory. But I think advisory definitely is about going way deeper than just accounting data. As I said earlier, the accounting data, PL balance sheet's great, but a lot of the, the business decisions rely on, on customers and products. You know, which which plans are customers buying? How often are they buying? Where are they buying them from? Which regions are we strong in getting referrals? Can we upsell customers? I think a lot of what drives the business is in the, the customer and product data where you can start to get deeper. And then maybe things like forecasting where you, you have to be closer to the business to do that. So I think maybe only looking at a business once a month, uh, you're not going to maybe get close enough to know the drivers of that business to to actually move to that advisory space. And, you know, there's only so much time that we have in every single day and so much time on earth, you know, as a, as a whole, if we look at it in very, you know, big terms. So if, if a firm has something 
where they can pull this data quickly and make decisions on it. Do you have any sort of metrics on how much time is saved slash value is added? I know some of the stuff's qualitative of like, how much value did I provide through my advisory services versus retention? Because, you know, someone's not going to tell you, you can I paid both. you more and didn't look somewhere else for these external factors. Like maybe you could get, oh, I love this. You know, you're great, which you can kind of tie together. So in time savings, what are what are we looking at? Yeah, sure. I think uh, you're right. Good way to look at it, both from a, a value adding and maybe a monetization stream to a, a client retention perspective. You, you're giving them more for what they're currently paying. But um, previously, if you had to go to, let's say, Excel and build out a whole lot of graphs, put it into a report pack, try interpret it for insights, could take you two hours per client per month. Uh, with SIFT, it's pretty much instant. So you click a button, you have a report, you can share it with the clients. It's it's plug and play. We'll draw out as many insights as we can off like raw accounting data. And I guess then it, you've got those two hours to actually add more color to it if you if you want to dig deeper. But you can go from two hours per client per month to sort of two seconds. So I think a lot of time saving there. I think it, it takes that time away from a task that's like data preparation to data interpretation. So a very like low value task for an accountant or bookkeeper to a high value task where they can actually think about their client's business or spend 30 minutes with their clients talking about the problems they're facing uh, rather than 30 minutes fighting with Excel and, and wrangling data to, to try and get some insights out of it. Yeah, we were, um, I had shared with you earlier that we had gone through sort of the exercise of here are the clients that are the lowest paying, highest maintenance, you know, and giving the, I'm sorry, we cannot service you. Here's the, you know, that we'll finish out the contract, but we'll not be renewing. And, but when you talk about sort of the mundane task, I had reached out to our um, ticket software and said, I know that we hadn't been segregating the data in a way that like I could just pull out from your system and be able to visualize, get the information that I want. So I need a raw CSV of yes. each of each client and the number of tickets that they get. And we were segmenting into the former company that was everything to everyone versus the accountant specific only area, which is really the, the movement of the entire company. And, but all the tickets just went into the tickets section. So I was sitting there doing the mindless task of which category does this person go into looking them up, putting them in the category, adding the, how much did they spend in 2022? What do we have guaranteed on contract or predicted for 2023, what's sort of the the dollar per unit of BS that we have to deal with? Yes, and yeah, and while I was doing that, so it, it took me several hours over the weekend, and like I geek out on the stuff anyway, so it's <laughs> it wasn't Can the worst, <laughs> but I also yeah. was thinking in my head, I could get anybody with any amount of skill for like ten dollars an hour to do this, and it's not a difficult task. There's some automation, you know, we only had to do it for a hundred people. So it's like the amount of time that would go into automating it would basically equal the amount of time that 
to just go do into it. just Man-uni. to just like yeah. rolling up my sleeves doing it and also being in the data i think there is just sort of every time we uncover oh wow like this really high maintenance one of the the hypotheses we had was the higher maintenance ones will all be because they have a higher headcount in the company so it's like well a company that has 10 employees would in theory have about eight or nine times as many tickets as a one person company probably won't be one to one but no, there'll be a decent correlation. And really what we found was a lot of the very small ones were more maintenance than the larger ones. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, as I'm uncovering this, I'm like looking back and forth, like this can't be right. It makes sense. Yeah. But I think the exercise was, we, was cool to go through. We see it too. Uh, I guess we're supposed to support our customers, but the the more you support someone and the, the better the service, the more they actually want to use the service. They enjoy talking to you. They're keen to come back and they actually know how to get hold of you very quickly. So I think it's a function of some of those things that also make, uh, if it's one or two man firm and they actually know you well, they've signed up direct, whereas maybe a very big firm, they actually don't know how to get in touch with you very quickly. Or if they use you very sporadically, they, they really don't use it too much. So the more they use it, I think it's, leads to them using it more. So interesting, but you wouldn't see that unless you don't undertook this process. Yeah. And so, you know, taking, taking the data and making real decisions, I think is, you know, a lot of what this is coming down to. And the quicker yes. that you can pull this data together and get an informed decision about it and just virtue of my position, that's basically what I'm doing every day is, we have made this change. What are the hard numbers? Because we used to go off feel and it works until it doesn't. And mm. so I'm a lot more data driven and a lot more interested in things like analytics, making decisions off of it. And as a result, you know, we've had with four times less staff than pre-COVID a our most profitable year and third highest gross highest profit and it's like at the end of the day you know i'll take i'll take net over gross all day every day but i believe that it had a lot to do with the decisions that are made off of having analytics in front of us and making smart business decisions as opposed to feeling positions. And what would you say would be sort of the, because you had mentioned the the early phase, maybe something like SIFT wouldn't, wouldn't really be in alignment with when you're so brand new and you've got so many moving pieces, there may not be a correlation. You know, there, we don't really have stability to verse things off of because it's always all over the place. Where's a good spot? I think there's still merits in, in every stage along the journey. A small business, maybe maybe it's a funded business, sort of a VC-backed business. So suddenly they've got a, a board meeting or board of directors that want to know those numbers, you know, um, where it's not owner-managed. And then, uh, again, uh, SIF can be used just to evidence the, the compliance work being done. They send our clients an awesome report. It takes us one second. It's 
looks amazing, very professional, gives him some insight. We can use it for retention. We can upsell it or we can use it to upsell it down the line. I think naturally a smaller business with less people and things like that has less data. So bigger businesses have more data because they've got more people, more products, more customers. So there's a natural trend that analytics like sort of makes more sense the bigger the business. Uh, however, there could be some factors that make it useful for a smaller business, whether it's retention or board meetings or on those lines. But mm. very big businesses, uh, data analytics and, and insights become critical. You know, things don't move without thorough sort of thoughtful art processes. So definitely correlated with size of business to, to value of analytics. Uh, we like to play across the value chain though. I think the the big businesses obviously have a much bigger willingness to pay and a much greater need and much more complex scenarios. So uh, I think it's an, an easier sell there, but on a smaller business side, there, there can still be a use case for it. And Just is it prevalent? Yeah, so is is the channel usually to the accounting firm to provide for their clients? Or is it direct to the client, the small business, maybe a, a combination of both? What's it usually look like? Typically, we, we focus on accountants and bookkeepers because we know we're solving a, a one-to-many challenge there. You've got a 100 clients and you want to provide reports to a few, forecasting to others, some advisory. Uh, we, we do get direct-to-business as well, uh, but much smaller portion. Uh, and there it's, again, the, the bigger businesses with more complex structures where it's an internal finance team that that maybe comes to us directly. So I actually love working with both. The accountants is sort of my background, whereas sometimes the businesses have something that's very challenging and complex that, that might be quite unique, uh, whereas the accountants are kind of our bread and butter as well. And it makes sense just from a business perspective of working specifically with with the people that you know you can provide a ton of value to, like you said, solving that one-to-many problem but it doesn't exclude others from being able to solve that problem on their own with the same solution instead of saying to their accountant, Hey, can you go buy this and then give me the data? Give me, you know, and now you, now you have to use this on my behalf. So I mean, with size, you know, new challenges and new opportunities. And I just love digging into that stuff. Like I was, I was discussing with the, the head of the IT department and, he knows tech backwards and forwards. He's so much smarter than I am and he knows it. But <laughs> but I was telling him about the the exercise I was doing of the the value to the client of the value of clients versus the amount of work that goes into supporting them. And I was like, you know, we're gonna have to make some tough decisions and we're going to do keep keep 96%, but we're gonna let go of four percent of the highest maintenance lowest uh lowest paying customers and and so i was running the numbers through with him and he was just like he's like how did you even think about this concept and so you know when you take off the hat of being just the service provider but really digging into being an advisor for the business, it's going to bring a ton of value to the clients. And when you're bringing value to your clients, they're not going to be looking for alternatives. They're not going to be price shopping. Like I literally was talking with my own accountant who he was talking about trimming his client guard and raising his prices. And, 
And we both, we share a client who fell into this uh, aforementioned ca category. And, <laughs> and he was like, he's like, did you do this to her? Because like I did it to her. And she said, you're doing what Andrew did. And, and so we were talking about it and, and he was like, just by the way, like I'm raising crosses across the board. That'll include you. And I'm like, that's fine. The amount of money and value, like money that's been saved in proactive tax planning, the amount of yes. value that I get on just a, he called me up out of the blue, said, here's a new opportunity. It's going to save you $70,000. You want me to send you the DocuSign? And I'm like, yeah. All right. I know <laughs> that if I sign up with a cheap commodity solution, like a QuickBooks bookkeeping, I'm not going to get that. And so yes, yes. it I'm very less price resistant because, all right, he raised it. I'd spend a couple thousand a year and I can point to hundreds of thousands of dollars that he's saved me or brought in or opportunities that I hadn't noticed. And so I'm not price conscious when it comes to that because I can see the value. So having tools that can provide this type of value and change you from the commodity to the advisory, it's going to play such a, you know, my profitability as his client has to skyrocket. Like there, I know that the amount that, that he charges more this year than he did last year is not going to be proportional to how much extra work went into it. But on the yeah, client side, it's I have cost plus it's a, it's a value. Yeah. Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like, Hey, you know how last year I saved you a quarter million dollars. Your price goes up $2,000. Is that okay? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm trading. Easy two, yeah. I'm trading 2000 for 248 that like we can quantify like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But Perfect. being able to, being able to spot Being-A. these things, you yeah. know, it's, it's more it's... about the value and not the time that goes into putting these things together, which I think is the big picture, you know, that, that we're looking at yeah. here is if you can solve a problem in a shorter period of time, but you're still providing the same value. You, yeah. you know, more even, yeah. it yeah. doesn't matter about time anymore. Really. Yeah. And which then increases your capacity and the more you can take on without going crazy, then you know, the more profitable the firm is, which then, you know, you can hire people to do things that you don't want to do while you take on more clients, only do the things that you want to do. And these, these all just sort of build on top of each other. Cause I know nobody starts a business or partners working with each other saying like, let's burn the candle at both ends and hate our lives. I mean, that's, <laughs> at least that wasn't my, that wasn't my experience when I started, but that was that was what happened year one. I was working yeah, crazy yeah, hours. I hated everything. And it was like, what did I sign up for? And now it's always hard to step away and, and have a big picture view, you know, on yeah. your own business. You get stuck in the detail and, and serving the customer, which is critical, but it also it's it's hard to hard to grow when you're down in the trenches sometimes. So it's, yeah. sometimes you need that that insight or some something extra to, uh, to get that next step. So what was your guys' growth looking like over the years? Like, were there any sort of moments where it was like, oh, this clicks, you know, what's, what's that kind of uh, look like? 
I think as a, as a sort of software business, it, it really took us uh, quite a while to find product market fit probably like sort of three years so back to like 2019 uh, and then we sort of uh, scaled up from there I think uh, COVID was surprisingly good for us because it, it brought the world closer together so people didn't mind uh, being based out of South Africa jumping on a, a Zoom or a, a quick video call and talking to us so we've sort of grown to to 50 people today from, from 2019 and, and six people um, but yeah I think software is a, a long sort of flat and in a sort of nice in, inflection point down the line where we've got a good product that's uh, meeting customers' needs and people are willing to, to take it on or, or switch from their current provider. So, yeah, really exciting space that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I, I recall a couple of times where we've had, we've, we've, we're probably on like the eighth iteration of the company at this point where it's just like, that was the old company. Like, that's how we used to do it. This <laughs> is, you know, the, the new improved better. And, you know, you, you learn as time goes on. But it's always cool you know, being part of it. And 20, 2019 was actually 2020 was like our, we went from 2017 and crushing it. Wasn't looking at any numbers, which is why now it's built into my, my monthly, you have to do this on this day. Remember what happened in 2018, yes. 2019, 2020, <laughs> <laughs> when you weren't paying attention to this stuff. So so keeping yeah. keeping your eye on the ball, but it's it's cool being part of a growth environment. We we had a similar yes. in let's see 20, 2014, it was like three people, and 20, I think the end of 2015, we're at like 30, 2016, 50. So, you know, just this it's, growing, growing, growing. Crazy growth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was it was great until I was just like, you know what, this will run itself. I'm just gonna travel the world and not pay attention. And then it was like that wasn't smart. <laughs> Maybe pay a little attention at least, but I got got to see the world and we, we picked it, we picked it up after after learning from our mistakes. That's that's how life goes, right? But uh, ups and downs, I think, in, in any business. Yeah, it's a learning curve, you know. So you you grow from everything. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, it does take time, and I think uh, yeah, always longer longer than expected sometimes. But it's, uh, always going to be challenges along the way. So, but yes, it's a lot of fun. I think it, uh, you can't sort of beat it uh, from a enjoyment slash challenge slash building something perspective. That's yeah. It's like joke. children. It's like, you absolutely love it and absolutely hate it. Like one hour later, <laughs> it's like, I couldn't imagine <laughs> life without this. Emotions. And then it's like, why did I sign up for this? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I want to be conscious of your time when we hit on so many great topics. I love the topic of analytics and advisory decommoditizing and with SIFT Analytics, you're able to accomplish all of that. Where can people go to learn more about SIFT and yourself? Uh, best place, Andrew, would be siftanalytics.com. So you, you can jump on our website, check out uh, the platform, sign up a trial. Uh, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, so name and surname. Uh, but yeah, you'll find me if you put my name in and SIFT Analytics, uh, you'll, you'll find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I had a ton of great takeaways for myself. And now I'm going to like dig into every time after a show, it's like what we talk on. It's like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. So, so thanks so much for awesome. being on the show. And guys, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it, subscribe, get a new episode every Monday, every Monday morning. 
So tune in till next time. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Accountant Show. 100%. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.